With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today our guests are Liam Hendricks, the A's closer, and his wife, Christy Hendricks. They'll talk to us about what they've been doing during baseball's work stoppage and about how Liam is getting in his workouts, even during the current conditions, plus all about their menagerie and how well they are handling things in Arizona. Next on A's Plus. We have two guests today on A's Plus podcast, the Hendricks, Liam Hendricks, the A's closer, and Christy Hendricks, his wonderful and amazing wife. We figured this is kind of a good time to um, talk to a baseball couple during baseball's hiatus and find out how you guys are doing, how you're putting up with everything, Christy, how you're putting up with having Liam around full time when he should be (laughs) gone. Um, But we have to start a little bit with with, um, kind of a serious note because, of course, baseball isn't being... Yeah, played right now because of the coronavirus shutdown. And you guys lost a friend last week to the coronavirus. Can you just tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, um, a few days ago, actually, well, about a week ago, it all kind of started. I got a text from one of my friends in Florida saying, hey, I don't know if you heard about Griff. Um, Check out his Facebook page. And I went to his Facebook page, and he was on oxygen at home, and they he had finally been tested for um, COVID-19. Unfortunately, he couldn't get a test for about five days. And um, so he was just on oxygen at home being monitored by his wife who um, works in healthcare. And he took a turn for the worst, was admitted to hospital within about an hour of being admitted to hospital. This was about five days ago. He was put um, under sedation and on a ventilator. And then about 48 hours later was put into a medically induced coma. And then about 24 hours after that, um, unfortunately he passed away. Oh gosh. I'm so sorry to hear that. It seems like more and more people are starting to be affected by this. Of course, the, the A's family it is among that, um, Webster mm-hmm. Garrison, who's a minor league coach, a longtime minor league coach and manager with the team, is on a ventilator in Louisiana. Uh, and Liam, I know you know Webster a little bit. Um, when you saw that news, what was kind of your first reaction? Yeah, that was kind of shocking to me. I mean, obviously, we um, as an organization kind of took a pretty preemptive strike of making sure there was no one coming into the facilities and, and doing all that. But, I mean, just um, seeing, like, I heard that he was, like, before I heard it was who it was, I heard it was we had a coach that was that had tested positive. That is, um, yeah, that's on a ventilator, kind of going through the everything that's going on. And um, yeah, when I found out who it was, I mean, you've, you've run into him a couple times in the clubhouse. I didn't know him particularly well, but you run into him through the clubhouse. I mean, the guy just he never stops smiling. That's all he is. He's just he's he was always happy. He's always just going around there. And I mean when you're a minor league coach, you have to have that kind of positive attitude or else you just, um, you're not going to survive in, in the game. So I mean, him having that attitude, I think is, uh, 
it's just making like seeing him in the club. It's just it's shocking when it, it gets so close to home. Yeah, exactly. It really does hit close to home. And you're right, such a positive person. Which of course we hope that positivity really helps carry him through with what is a very very situ- serious situation. Now, obviously. Liam, that last week or so in Arizona was tough for everybody. Nobody really knew what was going on. Nobody knew what decisions were going to be made. You guys decided to stay in Arizona once camp shut down. What was that conversation like? How did you decide to stay there rather than maybe go back to Florida where you live in the off season? Uh, yeah, so we had, um, so obviously not knowing anything, we we're kind of going off that. It was like we didn't want to fly all the way across the country back to Florida with four animals and then all of a sudden it'd be a three-week thing and then we have to come figure out a way to get back. So this is before everything kind of got like to the dates where it was confirmed and all this. This is just pushing when we pushed uh, the season back to the to April 9th when they originally started. But yeah, we had um, we had just thought about it. It was like if they're shutting, if they're shutting baseball down, they're, they're, they're mostly like this is I think uh, either just before or just after they shut down the college season and stuff and that's where I worked out in Florida all off season so like I had um, I wasn't sure when I, if I went back to Florida where I'd have a chance to throw where I'd have a chance to kind of stay fresh and in Arizona everything's kind of a known commodity whereas where I could go to the field or if the field gets shut down I've got people around here where we can just go down to a park play catch kind of keep everything moving so that was uh, that was a big thing for us is just making sure we knew kind of where our animals were going to go, like rather than kind of transporting them over and over and seeing how that goes. But yeah, it's just one of those things. We weren't sure how long the deadline was. So we decided to stick it out in Arizona. We actually had to move, move houses a couple of days ago just because our lease ran out at our old place. And um, she had a, the, our renter had a kind of uh, had a guy coming in on April 1st. So we had to kind of move back to another place where we're at now. And yeah, it's just it's we we know people out here where I can go and throw and have kind of that stability as well. You guys mentioned your animals, and of course, you're both really devoted to. I, honestly, I think your animals probably own you at this point. But um, <laughs> rather than you guys own <laughs> <Absolutely>. animals, <laughs> you've got four with you right now. We've you've got three more in Florida, right? Where where are they? Yeah, so in Florida, we have three of our old, I call them the old men. There are cats that are a, a little too old to travel anymore. Um, their health is getting, it's not necessarily deteriorating, but it's, it is, you know, they're old. So they stay actually with my mom and keep her company, um, which is good for everyone involved because we know that we can trust her when we're gone for the season. She would do anything for our animals. And, um, and then they also just are at home where it's more comfortable for them. That's awesome. And, and who do you have, who do you guys have with you in Arizona? So we have Jack and Stella, which are our two dogs and we have our cat temperance and our cat Winnie. Um, and Winnie is quite a character. She's been a nightmare the past few days. So we're well, she was just that. meowing to get into the door that I'm sitting in the room I'm sitting in. So she's now rummaging around here. And don't be surprised if you hear random meowing in the background. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> we would love an appearance on the podcast. Um, so with the dogs, how are you handling that? How often are you walking them? How do you, how difficult has it been doing the social distancing with friendly dogs? Well, we tend to walk them as much as possible. You know, I I saw a meme the other day and it said, I've walked 20 times. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and I feel like we're right there with that because it gives us an excuse to get outside. And it's nice, too. You see neighbors sitting on their patio and you can wave to them at a safe distance. And it gives you that interaction that you so desperately need as a human. 
but also keeping safe for everyone else in between. I would say, to be quite honest with you, watching the news and seeing other cities and how they're reacting to this and seeing the beaches full and things like that, you don't really see that here in the Scottsdale area. You really truly see people taking this extremely seriously. You, you see the people out you know, walking their dogs, riding their bikes, you know, the avid rollerbladers that I didn't even know rollerblading was still a thing, but it is. And, but everyone waves from a safe distance. And to me, being here feels safer than being in Florida, to be honest with you, because Florida, you know, it's, it's a port state. So you have a lot of incoming traffic as it is. And um, with kind of the spring break feeling, um, going on, I just I feel better here. Yeah, some of those, you know, pictures in the video from the beaches there were a little frightening. I know a lot of the beaches are closed now, but that's right. Still, still a little scary. Now, Liam, you, you mentioned you're getting in some workouts and that you've been throwing. How do you do that? Um, yeah, how do you make sure you guys are all safe? Um, what what kind of steps are you taking to be able to work out? Uh, so the good thing is, is, like, my workout, a lot of the stuff is body weight stuff anyway. So, like, actually physically working out and stuff, it's uh, my um, – I I did some of this stuff during the offseason to get to a point where I don't have to – it's more of just a maintenance thing now. But throwing-wise, like, I'm, I'm lucky in the fact that there's um, – Arizona is kind of a hub of where a lot of guys are staying still. So whether they live out here full-time or whether they're just kind of doing the same thing that I am and, and kind of staying out here, it's uh, – there's definitely a plethora of guys you can use, but I've been mainly throwing with uh, Mark Zepchinski, who's um, former A, who's uh, currently on a minor league deal with the Blue Jays, but that, we've known him for years. We're just uh, good people over there. With, so we've been throwing, doing that, and then he actually introduced me to a facility where they have an indoor mound called Fuel Factory. And so I've been going down there to throw to throw bullpens, and they've got a catcher who comes in. They've got they've got the mounds and stuff like that. They've got uh, some stuff where they can video you. They've got this stuff where you can track your data and all of this. So it's just a it's a pretty cool facility that some of the guys have been going out to. But we've been staggering it throughout, so there's not too many people there at the same time. And obviously everything is take oh, excuse me taking care of hand sanitizer wise and making sure guys are washing their hands and Cloroxing and lysoling everything as much as they can. So. That's been the uh, that's been the one of the biggest things that has been a positive of staying out here is just being able to uh, go down there, throw a bullpen, have guys look at it, and have guys be a little bit subjective in the fact of hey, you're leaking a little bit, hey, you didn't stay back far enough on that one, or just along those lines, having some having some constructive criticism going on on uh, how my bullpens are going. Yeah. And then when Liam, when he gets home from all of these, I mean, it's pretty much you strip your clothes in the laundry room take a shower, change, everything is washed immediately because, you know, they are doing a fantastic job sterilizing these facilities so that players can still get in and get their work done. But we also take the extra precaution at home. Um, I'm quite the germaphobe. I have been my whole life. So this is, you know, keeping my house extremely clean is, is nothing new to me, but taking even the further steps of just making sure that instead of clothes sitting in the laundry basket, you do them immediately, especially if you've been outside of the house quarters, because unfortunately we still have to go to the grocery store once a week to get food. He still has to work out and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you're taking all those extra steps. And I'm assuming Liam, like, especially for pitchers now, you're going to have to be careful, you know, going to your mouth on the mound, um, certainly right now, but you know, for who knows how long, 
I would imagine keeping your hands away from your face. I would, mm-hmm. I would hope maybe we see a, a big reduction in people, you know, spitting and including chewing tobacco, spitting, um, all yes. those kind of. Things. It's not the most sanitary sport sometimes. <laughs> no, no. When you really, when you really think about it, it's not. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it because I'm obviously one who I lick my fingers a lot when I'm on the mound, and then I, I go back and forth between my hat a lot. And I like throw my hands through my hair. It's just like I've I've got certain ticks that I do just uh, subconsciously now, and that's going to be very hard to um, to get over. Because I mean, right now I've, I'm holding a baseball in my hand, and the first thing I did was lick my fingers and put on the ball because it just it gives you that little bit of a little bit of attack almost. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what guidelines there are along those lines because it's something that you don't know who necessarily touched the ball. It's uh, there's so many different people going on throughout it with uh, like the person who rubs the mud on the ball. Then there's the person who like, then that's the ball boys who give it to the umpire. The umpire gives it to you, the position players. I mean, there's just so many different people whose hands it touches. Yeah. It's, I didn't even think about that, but it'll be very interesting to see what, if any guidelines there are on that. Yeah. It's, I, I think there, there will probably have to be, or you guys will have to wait until, really the the heart of the crisis is over which I, I assume is is probably the plan anyway now christy what's it what's it been like for you having liam home essentially you know it's almost april and he's home every day yeah well i think that honestly it's a little bit easier for me because we're still in arizona so essentially it feels like we're still just in that spring training time we usually come out a few weeks before pitchers and catchers report anyway so for us I'm kind of used to him being around all the time. We don't have kids. We spend a lot of time together, but it has been challenging in the sense of he's been playing a lot more video games. I don't really care for video games. Um, You know, we're trying to pass our time while staying quarantined together per se. Um, But it it is different. Um, Opening day, honestly, it didn't hit me as much as I think it hit a lot of my other friends that, I know in the baseball world, and I don't know why, to be honest with you. Um, We've had a few crazy years. Let's just say the past three years of baseball have been pretty crazy for us anyway. So I feel like, if anything, being a baseball wife um, has built me for the chaos and the unknown. Um, And I just kind of feel like that's what we're in right now is chaos and unknown. And so... You know, yeah, Liam's annoying me. I think um, everyone's spouse is probably annoying them right now. But I also have found that Liam and I laugh more right now. Um, We're spending more time kind of getting to know each other. And we've been together for 10 years. So I think that in a way, this has some blessing to it. Yeah, definitely. We will be back in just a few moments with more from Liam and Christy Hendricks. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Chrissy, if you're a germaphobe, how, just in general, kind of how are you doing just, you know, with the, something like this affecting the whole country? 
Um, my stepmom is in the medical field, so for several years, I've just known to consistently wash my hands of the CDC guideline. So when this all started, and this was obviously late January when this started in China, um, I personally didn't think it would like come over here the way that it did. Um, I was very optimistic about it, and you can ask Liam. I'm not really the most optimistic person. I he yeah. considers me a pessimist. I consider myself a realist. Um, I just I truly didn't expect it, but um, I I would laugh in the beginning that people didn't even know how to wash their hands correctly because to me that was ingrained in me since I was a child. You know, having multiple hand sanitizers, one in my purse, one in my car, one in my bathroom, one by the kitchen sink, having cans of Lysol throughout the house, disinfectant wipes. I'm, I'm the person that my phone is wiped down probably seven times a day. Oh, wow. um, so I'm just kind of staying with what I'm doing and then obviously washing my hands even more. My hands are completely raw and chapped right now. And um, I even made a joke to Liam. I said, I should post on my photo, like on my story, a picture of my hands and say, if your hands don't look like this, you're not doing it right. <laughs> um, if your hands look like Christy's hands, there's something wrong with you. Right, exactly. <laughs> See, you're, so... you're really super prepared between being kind yeah, of a lifelong I mean, germaphobe be... and a baseball wife for sure you could roll with yeah, anything but you know in saying that you know it goes back to our friend griff who passed away we never expected it to hit as close to home as it has i think it's one thing seeing it on the news seeing the stories seeing how hard it hit europe and then coming over here um I think that I started to take it even more seriously when shelter in place was put for San Francisco and the surrounding counties. That was when I was like, oh, no, like this could be really, really bad. And um, then I just became even more OCD about everything that I was doing to the point where now, you know, the shoes that you wear outside don't even enter the home practically. Um, it's, it's a crazy feeling because you really don't know what's happening you you know I, i'm a firm believer in um if it affects you in such a negative way that you you need to tune it out so there have been days where sometimes i don't watch the news at all and i just try to stay as diligent as possible because if it triggers my anxiety it's going to be worse for me when i know that i'm doing everything that i possibly can to combat this illness for myself for liam for our friends and family so it's it's just knowing that you're doing everything you can do and truly doing everything that you can do. I think that unfortunately so many people aren't doing what they could do. Um, and it's prolonging this. And again, like I said, you know, seeing a friend go through this and ultimately pass away, it, it completely changes the way you look at everything. Yeah. That's what, it's so, it's so frightening. I mean, that's, and my condolences mm -hmm. to you guys for, for your loss. It's Thank just, you. it's really horrifying. Now, you, Liam, obviously you, your family's in Australia. Christy, I know you still have family in Canada. How are you mm -hmm. staying in touch with them? How is everyone doing? They're all good. I spoke to my, uh, I spoke to my dad and my mom the other day. They're, um, dad's, uh, dad's the principal of school. So he's having a little tough time just with like hiring people and making sure that he kind of takes care of the people under him. Cause they, uh, they, he's at a boarding school and a lot of those kids had to, um, you know, had to leave. So they're not, they don't have any money coming in, which means that it's very hard to pay people when there's no money coming in, obviously. Yeah. 
So um, that's been tough. But other than that, like it's the same thing over here. There's the stores are a little barren. They've uh, they've had people kind of take things like uh, toilet paper and pasta and meat and and all of that sort of stuff. So that uh, dad sent me a photo. And it was just the only thing left in the the grocery store was for a meat product was um, was bone marrow. Oh. Obviously, that's not the not the nicest of thing anyway. But that was wiped out. Pasta, I was wiped out. All the sanitary wipes and and toilet paper and paper towels and stuff was all gone. But it's pretty much similar here. They they have set up um, state ordinances where there's like there's nobody allowed to get into Western Australia right now. So the state has uh, kind of closed its doors a little bit. So there's uh, yeah, no one can get in. Um, I'm not sure if people can get out, but not no one can get in. So there's uh, they're, they're putting those those safeguards in place, and um, it hasn't been necessarily a stay at home order, but it's been a stay at home advisement. Um, like one of my good friends, he and his wife, they both just started that we're working from home now. He, uh, he's actually texted me yesterday saying that he had a couple people in his office that just weren't taking it seriously. So he was like, I'm just going to work from home. He's an accountant. So I'm going to work from home. I don't want to have to give myself that risk. And he's got a, uh, he's got a young child at home as well. So they're just kind of making sure everything's safe and taking it easy. Oh, that's good. Christy, how's your family doing in the, the ones in uh- Canada? Yeah, everyone is doing pretty good. You know, I think like to me, what has been the craziest is this is when I realized that my parents are getting older. And to me, my parents just kind of don't age. And, you know, they're, they're technically they could be grandparents age right now, even though we don't have kids. And it just reminds me of how safe they need to be to protect their health, both of my parents and my stepmother and, you know, respectively good health, but it just still makes you really think about that. My great, uh, my grandfather, he actually lives out here in Mesa and he is um, going to be 91 in June. And, you know, it just, it, it makes me nervous for him. How, how are they getting their groceries? Is the person bringing their groceries in safe? Are they clean? Are they sanitized? You know, it really makes you start looking at your family as, you know, gosh, like you just don't know what's going to happen. And it really makes you think twice about um, everything. And it, it also just makes you realize, you know, that nobody unfortunately is around, um, enough to take care of them because you know my my mom is in florida my dad is currently in ohio my grandfather's out here but i don't want to go over and get him sick so it just really makes you um feel kind of helpless in a way absolutely i think i think one of our cats is making an appearance on the podcast right now by the way that's (laughs) selkie is running around (laughs) meowing her head off um so liam we know you're a big reader are you are you taking advantage of this break to read anything in particular um, right now I'm just reading a Stan Lee book. I finished another one the other day. Uh, it's just kind of, kind of showing, uh, keeping along with my, my plan of trying to read a book a month. Excellent. It hasn't been a specific like genre or book I've been reading, but it's just trying to keep on with that. I mean, it's every morning I wake up, I'll make coffee, I'll read a book a little bit. As Christy said, I've been playing a little bit more video games now, just trying to get past the tediousness of day to day and everything. But, um, yeah, that's been my kind of go-to right now is reading in the mornings. And then while she's uh, doing some oil painting stuff, I've been uh, playing some video games and just trying to maintain all of my skills 
Well, that's great. Christy, what do you paint? Are you paint landscapes or people or? Uh, no, I'm actually painting a horse right now. Yeah. Um, I grew up with horses. And so I just figured that that was the best thing. I'm not by any means someone that you should ever, you know, contract out for artwork, but it's something that to do. It passes the time. And, um, you know, again, my dogs can only go on so many walks. So <laughs> are you guys binging? Did you guys binge anything that you've liked at all? Well, right now we're actually watching Tiger King, oh, um, boy. which is like, oh dear gosh, like that is a completely different beast of an, in and of itself. But um, we we really aren't bingers. We really liked the documentary series on Netflix called Diagnosis, and that was a fantastic um, series. Granted, I think there's only like eight or ten episodes, so that kind of stinks, but that's great if people are looking into just watching something other than a, you know, a dramatic storyline. But, yeah. The other one we're watching was that Formula One racing one. Oh, yeah. Formula One, that's great. Oh, wow. Because one of the the first, one of the guys in the first episode was actually from my hometown, about 15 minutes away from where I grew up. No so way. It's just, his name's Daniel Ricardo, which is just interesting because it's, you you don't hear too much about Formula One stuff over here, but it's, or, or in Australia, but for that matter, but two of the top three races, one's from England and one's from uh, Australia. So it's, it's cool, like getting into that kind of stuff, just kind of kill time and, and do what you can to try and stay busy. Absolutely. Now you we, guys, we have... do try to we do try to keep the TV off as much as possible. Smart um, during the day, so in the evening it feels like we're doing something different. Right. To be quite honest with you, because if we just leave it on all day, it just becomes redundant with the same commercials, the same characters, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. You got to keep your brain brain a little more active. I think. Now you guys have this wonderful anti bullying campaign that you do. Um, I'm sure you had some things in the works for this year. Do you know what you might be doing? Has this maybe um, interrupted any plans? What's what's happening with your um, program to try to reduce bullying? So this year we were going to be working with Stand for the Silent again, which is the um, philanthropic charity that we worked with last year. However, in saying that, instead of just selling T-shirts this year, we're going to be doing a pledge it so if you think back to 2017 we did a pledge it strike out poverty in the dominican republic and it was to build um like just run water through um some of the cities in the dominican that didn't have water access and we were lucky enough where we raised over seventy thousand dollars that year so we're taking this we're taking that same exact format for money per strikeout for Liam this year with strikeout bullying. So you could donate 25 cents per strikeout. You could donate a flat, here's $10 to it, and we hope to raise as much money as possible once the season starts up again. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, that's yet another reason to hope that uh, more games wind up getting played than less. Because more more games, more strikeouts, right? (laughs) Without a doubt, and hopefully there's some built-in off days that we can do, because that was what our other plan was, going through and uh, speaking at some boys and girls clubs throughout Oakland and throughout any city kind of we're in and trying to get some other players involved from other teams as well, because the biggest thing is we don't care if it's any, we don't care who's raising the money. We don't care if it's us. We don't care if whoever it is, as long as some money's being raised and it's being put towards a, uh, a worthy cause, that's all we're caring about. Yeah, especially now. I, I sp- you know, so much of the social interaction people are having right now is all online. So, uh, you know, you kind of hope that maybe the bullying aspect fades because it's such a necessary 
mean means of communication right now. But I, you know, the concern Absolutely. is that maybe there's there's even winds up being more when people are anonymous and you can't actually exactly. See yeah, I mean, it's you you can never see you can never really tell how it's going to go or it could be a great thing because everyone's kind of hold up online or it could be a very bad thing because everyone's hold up online yeah we just don't know how to take you don't know how to take it until it happens yeah you, you you would hope that people realize this is a time to come together rather than to tear each other down uh now liam I, you are always very very um interested and you take a a lot of um trouble to like kind of go through all the union stuff and pay attention to what's happening with the union. What did you feel about the, the new deal that was agreed to last week that sort of governs things now under a potentially shortened season or maybe even no season? Yeah. So I was on the phone call throughout it all, um, kind of going back and forth with these guys about what the players wanted, what the players, um, what we could do in that regard. Uh, so it was, it was a pretty cool thing just being on the being on the phone calls and just seeing what guys had thought of and seeing guys' opinions that I hadn't thought of. Um, I think it's great because obviously there's clauses throughout everything about um, they don't have to pay us through because it's a national emergency that they're, um, that other people, like no one's getting taken care of right now. So like we're able to establish something where some of the guys are getting some money just to be able to survive, just to be able to get through. Uh, service time was obviously a huge issue, so we're able to get that figured out. And then the good thing is, like both sides, they just want to play. Like ever, like all the players, they just want to play as long as it's responsibly, as long as it's um, safe and then not going to cause any more damage throughout the country. But um, the big thing for us is it was unfortunate. A lot of the things like you'll read that certain groups weren't uh, weren't taken care of with some of the non-Nostra invitees and stuff like that, which it came out the fact that the union's legally not allowed to kind of fight for them. Yeah. It's because they're not active dues-paying members that's just – it's it's tough because of that. Like they were literally not allowed to do anything and and put any terminology in for that because they tried to, but it was just it's legally they're not allowed to. But um, I think the the players are pretty pretty united in the fact that we can that we, we it was a good deal for us. It was a good deal for everybody involved that we could get something right now without worrying about kind of the after effects because obviously everything happening in the next couple of years with the CBA coming up, um, you want to keep as as good a relationship as possible between the union and the MLB. So in that saying, it's obviously this is a time that no one expected to happen. And both sides are amical. Both sides seem to be on par with just trying to get something moving forward so that everyone's kind of taken care of as much as they can. Do you have any sort of gut feel for, for what things might look like when, if, if and when you guys come back? I, I know there's been talk about more double headers, probably fewer days off, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I've... Um, they they asked everybody's opinions, and I'm I'm all for double headers. I'm all for as cramming as many games as we can, because at the end of the day, like the more games you play, the the kind of more even the season will be leading into the playoffs. Let's talk about expanding playoffs. Let's talk about uh, extending the season past like into into October, and we'll just see how that goes. Obviously, I'm I'm going to be an outlier in the fact that I don't really care how long the season goes because I don't really stop throwing regardless. So that doesn't bother me at all, but I know it does for other people and having that kind of time to recoup, especially starting pitchers, having that time to recoup, let their body heal up and, and then get on a normal program. But for me, um, yeah, there's no real inkling of when it, when it can start. I just hope we can get it sooner rather than later. And then we can kind of move forward and hopefully play as many up to as many as uh, obviously getting as close to 162 as we can. But, at the end of the day, we're just uh, – the interest is more along the lines of making sure everybody's able to play health 
like play healthy, making sure there's no extra damage caused by us either filling out a stadium or playing in an empty stadium on neutral sites or anything like that. Right. So it's just um, as long as this kind of everything dies down, I mean, baseball in, in its history has been a proven healing factor in, for the U.S. So hopefully we can get past this, we can get back to baseball and, and baseball can kind of be that healing process where everyone has an outlet to go down there and get back into the regular day-to-day life. Yeah, and you, the A's obviously are you're coming off of two ninety seven win back to back seasons. Uh, does anything change with your guys' outlook with this hiatus or not? I think everybody was looking forward to another really successful season. Uh, yeah, everyone was looking forward to a new season. Everyone was looking forward to being able to kind of improve on what we were able to do last year, and then prove everybody that thought we could only win eighty games wrong again. Um, so there was that going on there. But at the end of the day, now it's obviously depending on how many games you play it. Like yeah, the process changes, but this um, I mean I hate to say a good thing, but I mean the last couple of years we've kind of started off slowly. Maybe this is something that can um, move us forward, and just being able to give us that little hiatus and come back as hungry as ever because we've gone uh, we've gone away from baseball. I know that we uh, as a group have an A's group chat that kind of guys are sending some stuff to about them being fired up for the season and guys doing workouts inside their apartments and stuff like this. So it's just, we're, um, we're a team that's really hungry to get back to playing. Um, as soon as we're able to, as soon as they tell us we can, I'm sure a lot of the guys will be back in, back in here in spring training and we'll see how long that lasts as well. But we'll, we're hoping to get back to the season as soon as we can. Oh, terrific. Well, Liam, Christy Hendricks, thank you so much for joining us on ACE plus really a pleasure to talk to you and i hope we are talking about baseball really soon uh, until then take care uh, you guys and your animals and and all your friends family loved ones in australia canada and here all right thanks thank you thanks again to liam Hendricks and christy Hendricks for joining us on a's plus our producers today were g allen johnson and king kaufman we will be back again next week with more a's plus thanks for listening A's Plus is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support A's Plus and all of the Chronicle's journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.